Hello, and welcome to episode number five of the Raw Food Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jane, the Rawtarian, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about nut substitutions in raw food recipes. Stay tuned, and I'll be back with you shortly. Thank you so much for joining me on this. It's episode five of the Raw Food Podcast, and today we are talking all about nuts. Why are we talking about nuts? Well, as you know, with my simple, satiating, satisfying recipes at therawtarian.com, I do use quite a few nuts, which are um, usually quite popular recipes for people who are new to the raw food diet and people who are you know, have been doing raw foods for years and years, we usually phase out those sort of heavier nut-based recipes. But I know that for me, when I first went raw about two and a half years ago, they were really, really important to me and I still do enjoy having them occasionally. But I do get quite a few emails and questions about nuts and seeds. And one of the main questions I get is, a lot to do with nut allergies and a lot of people might say that they have family members especially kids in the house who might have a tree nut allergy um, so that was kind of one of the reasons I've been thinking about nuts lately and I've got a lot of people asking me well what kind of nuts can I substitute in such and such recipe so that's kind of what got me starting to think about nuts but I think this this episode is really relevant to anybody who's interested in eating healthier raw food diets that might include nuts and seeds and I think what I'm going to be talking about today is the idea of substituting different nuts and seeds for other ones but it's not only because of allergies. It could also be because maybe you're just at home and you're in a rush and you don't have a certain nut or seed and you were just wanting to make a quick substitution to save you a trip from the grocery store. And another thing too is it could be that you're trying to keep your budget down in terms of, you know, um, spending less. Spending less is always a good thing. Uh, and so sometimes you might find that prices fluctuate where you are and you might be able to get a better deal one week on a certain type of nut. Um, or I know in my case, for example, pine nuts where I live are super, super expensive and I just don't even use them. But I've kind of learned that, oh, if I see pine nuts in a recipe, well, I know that I can substitute a different nut. And so these are really important skills to have. The the skill of course being just knowing which nuts and seeds you can substitute for one another. So I was doing a little bit of thinking about this before I turned on my microphone this afternoon and I kind of jotted down the fact that there are three types or groups of nuts and um, I'm gonna go into those three groups and usually the nuts or sometimes seeds within each group can be swapped out from one another. So I'm going to go into those three types of nuts in greater detail shortly, but I think I'll also just start by talking about tree nuts. And I know that people do have a lot of tree nut allergies, and that seems to be something that's more common nowadays, especially in children. And we do find as well that we have to be careful when we're bringing 
foods to potluck or to potlucks or sending children to school with maybe some raw recipes or some raw cookies or raw brownies and that type of thing. You do have to be mindful that there are a lot of people out there with allergies. Now, I don't have any allergies myself and nobody in my immediate family has an allergy and I'm certainly not an expert on tree nut allergies. So by all means, I just want to put that out there and make sure that if you do have a serious nut allergy, what you know is probably better than what I know. But I do know that there's a huge list of what's called tree nuts and that actually encompasses a lot of different nuts. And I think um, that can be anything from like almonds, cashews, macadamia nuts, pecans, pine nuts, which I mentioned earlier, coconuts, filberts, hazelnuts, Brazil nuts, pistachios, like the list goes on. And I could sit here and read a long list, but I don't think you'd find that too interesting now, would you? But there are a ton of nuts out there, and once you include seeds too, it really is quite um, a big topic. But anyway, we won't go too much into the tree nut detail, um, but I think it's really important to know. So those tree nuts that I mentioned, um, people are often allergic to those. And of course, you have peanut allergies as well, um, which interestingly does not seem to be a tree nut, but perhaps that's a separate allergy, and I don't know. And if anybody's an expert on that, I'd be interested to hear you know, your experience from a personal perspective if you have a really severe nut allergy in your family. But let me go back to those three concepts of nuts that I was mentioning at the beginning. So the first one, I'm just going to call creamy nuts. And if you're familiar with my recipes, you might even be able to think in your head some ideas of recipes that may use creamy nuts. And when I say creamy nuts, all I really mean is nuts that you can use in a recipe to give it a creamy, almost um, like dairy-like substitution. So some examples that I thought of here of creamy nuts would be cashews, which are, oh gosh, I shouldn't start explaining each nut or this episode will get really long, but basically you've got your cashews, you've got your pine nuts, and you've got your macadamia nuts. So those are all whitish colored nuts and they're very high in fat and they're very um, creamy. So some examples of recipes that may use creamy nuts would be like my raw cheesecake recipe that I have. Um, my favorite nut is the cashew, so a lot of my recipes do contain cashews, but you've got cheesecake recipe, you've got my Alfredo sauce recipe, um, what else? There's oodles of them. I've got a lot of sort of icing recipes, like, you know, white icing that you'd put on a raw cake and that type of thing. So those are those creamy nuts. And pretty much you can generally substitute cashews and pine nuts and macadamia nuts and kind of use them interchangeably. It will definitely change the flavor for sure. And when I'm using macadamia nuts, I always soak and rinse them very well because I find that it just, it affects the taste. I know as raw foodists, we're supposed to soak and sprout and dehydrate all of our, our nuts. And I love ya if you do it, but I don't do it all the time just because, um, you know me, I am busy and 
don't always do that. But with my macadamia nuts, if I have, say, run out of cashews and I want to use some, I definitely soak them because there's kind of this bitter taste that is toned down a bit if you soak it and rinse it really well before you use it. But anyway, so those nuts can be changed quite easily. But as you'll notice, what I've kind of rambled on at the beginning about the list of tree nuts, those three creamy nuts that I've identified are actually all tree nuts. And so there's really no good substitution that I'm aware of anyway for those nuts. So if you see a recipe that has, like let's just use a specific example. So my cheesecake recipe, it basically calls for, I don't have it in front of me, but like probably two cups of cashews or something. So if you have a child who can't have, um, you know, tree nuts anywhere close to them, I don't have a good suggestion for you in terms of making a substitution for that recipe because the only good ideas for substitutions that would actually work really well um, would be other tree nuts that are also creamy. So. That can be a difficult one. Um, now, it would not be a good substitution in, an, in a cheesecake recipe, but depending on the recipe, quite frequently, instead of cashews, you might be able to substitute an avocado, for example, because an avocado can actually produce a really creamy, um, sort of fatty consistency as well. So you couldn't I would never suggest making cheesecake with avocado because even for a raw foodist, that's a little bit out there. But in terms of like, um, I have a lot of soup recipes that will, they're really simple. Um, they're like some cashews, some vegetables, and some water, and you kind of mix it up. And they make actually really awesome creamy soup flavors. So an example might be tomato soup where you've got some tomatoes, some cashews, and some water, and probably some salt, and a few other things. And you would blend that up in your high-speed blender like a Vitamix. But in that recipe, you actually probably could substitute avocado instead, and it would still have that really lovely, thick, creamy texture. So in that example, that would work really well. But this this is a very long-winded way of saying that it's really hard to find good substitutions for those creamy nuts like cashews, pine nuts, and macadamia nuts. Sometimes avocado will work, sometimes hemp hearts or hemp seeds, and you can find those at the health food store and there's, they're like these tiny little, tiny discs almost, and they're really oily um, and fatty and they I forget where they're from, but they're hemp hearts or hemp seeds and they're very expensive, but depending on the recipe you could explore that as well because they can give a nice creamy consistency as well. So that was the first group of nuts that I wanted to talk about, those creamy nuts. The second group that I got to thinking about and I was thinking about what I do in terms of substituting nuts in recipes and I kind of identified this concept of flower-like nuts, and that's F-L-O-U-R, flower. So these are, like, even when you think of a, a recipe from the standard American diet, 
where you have flour in a recipe like, you know, cookies or something, the flour isn't really producing a taste or even really, you know, a, a specific texture or anything. It's almost more like filler in a way or it's something that's going to absorb the other ingredients and make it less runny and that type of thing. So I've noticed in a lot of raw food recipes that um, you'll often find like almonds and sunflower seeds and stuff will kind of be called for in a flour like consistency. And sometimes you might find even that you're actually using it like flour. Um, like in some recipes it will say like take one cup of almonds and turn it into almond flour basically, right? So you could in your like maybe coffee grinder, a clean coffee grinder that you only use for nuts, you can turn almonds into kind of like flour. And similarly a lot of recipes will call for sunflower seeds to be used in this way. And so in, in these types of recipes, you can really easily substitute other nuts and seeds, um, you know, for flour. And like, I'm not saying for flour, but if you have a recipe, and I'll give you an example, where you have almonds kind of just acting like a base or like a bulk or a filler, you can substitute frequently sunflower seeds um, for the almonds if you don't have almonds or you don't like almonds or that type of thing. And sunflower seeds can be really handy as well because often they're actually quite inexpensive. So if you can make a substitution with almonds, or sorry, like with sunflower seeds, that can sometimes cut your costs down. But you do want to be careful that sometimes sunflower seeds don't um, grind up that well. So quite frequently I might turn the sunflower seeds first sort of into a sunflower seed flour, which sounds really complicated, but it isn't. I just have a really cheap, like, well, it's probably cost me about $25, but I bought a brand new coffee bean grinder. It's quite small. It's just like a little tube with sort of like a cap on it and a blade. And I use that to grind smaller um, things. So sometimes I'll make sunflower seed flour in there just when I need it. Like I don't keep it in a container or anything as flour, but sometimes it, it'll just grind up better that way. So an example of a recipe that I've kind of flagged in my head where the nuts really are only used as flour is a what was I going to talk about here? Oh, I think maybe my onion bread recipe. Yes. This does require a dehydrator, but they're very delicious. If you ever are in the mood for kind of like a pliable onion bread or onion wrap almost recipe. So this is a good example. So um, this recipe calls for three large onions, one cup of ground sunflower seeds, one cup of flax seeds, some olive oil, and a few other flavorings. But just to recap, so you've got onions, which are like really wet, and olive oil, also wet. Then you've got one cup of ground sunflower seeds, and really they're not there for flavor. You could certainly use ground almonds instead. It's there to 
absorb some of that extra moisture from the onions and the olive oil. And then the flax seeds, they're ground as well. And you don't really want to remove flax seeds from recipes because flax is a binding agent. And that's just a fancy way of saying that flax helps the recipe to stay together or stick together. So you don't really want to be taking flax seeds out of a recipe if it calls for them. Sometimes you can substitute. <laughs> I hope this isn't information overload for you, but sometimes you can take out flax and replace with chia seeds because chia are also um, a really good binding agent as well. So that's the concept of flower-like nuts, and I think really um, almonds are good for that, sunflower seeds, and any sort of drier tree nut as well, maybe like hazelnuts could be good for that. Um, I don't use them frequently. The main ones I keep around are usually almonds or sunflowers. Sunflower seeds, rather. So we had the first category, which was the creamy nuts. The second one we just talked about, which was the flower-like nuts. And then the third category that we'll, I see as different um, would be oily nuts. And for me, predominantly, those would be walnuts, pecans, and Brazil nuts. I don't use Brazil nuts that frequently, but I do keep them around on occasion and they can be handy and they're also quite oily as well, so um, they, they work well. But some recipes will call for a few ingredients, like say pecans, but what's really important about the choice of that nut in a recipe is probably because the pecans have a lot of oil in them. And I'll give you a good example is my brownie recipe. Um, it's a really simple recipe and it just includes um, nuts, dates, cocoa powder, coconut, and a few other things. So it's really like nuts, dates, and flavoring. And in my recipe I call for pecans. And one of the crucial things about using pecans in this exact recipe is that they will produce natural oils and actually the brownies will get really oily and it's kind of like surprising because it's like where did this oil come from? But it comes from the nuts and so that's why when you're substituting nuts in a recipe, let's use this example, the recipe calls for pecans. You could use walnuts because they're also quite oily and they'll give the same consistency. But I would never use like almonds in that recipe because almonds are much drier and have less oil and they just won't produce the same consistency. So the three main oily nuts that I kind of use interchangeably would be pecans, brazil nuts, and walnuts. All three of those have a different flavor and they certainly will impact the flavor of the final product but they will at least give you a similar consistency. And I think that statement of what I just said about those is really applicable across the board in that um, you're always gonna change the flavor. Even when I think back to the creamy nuts like cashews versus macadamia nuts, they 
if you use one or the other, it will change the flavor and you may prefer one flavor over another. But odds are that the texture is going to be quite similar. So that's why I've grouped them together like this and um, why you can substitute some nuts for another. So I know that probably sounded, that almost was starting to feel like math. <laughs> um, but I think once you really grasp these things, and these aren't really things you need to commit to memory or even worry about, but I think overall what I'd like you to take away from this, especially if you're new and trying to figure out what you can substitute and what you can't, is just kind of think about just these three general um, rules. And the creamy nuts really are just white or cream color as well. Um, that's an easy way to remember it. I mean creamy as in texture, but they also happen to be creamy color as well. So that's a good way to remember that you can substitute like colored nuts in that example. And I think the flower-like nuts, that one isn't quite as big of a deal breaker because usually they're kind of just there for filler. So you could probably fill, it wouldn't be as big of a deal if if you say would put cashews or something in that one, but that would almost be a waste because the creamier nuts are much more expensive. So you wouldn't really want to just throw in um, creamy nuts into like something that doesn't really need to be creamy, although everything is better when it's creamy, in my opinion. So I think that's the real takeaway here, is that if you are experimenting in your raw kitchen, and you can certainly just go with the flow and try it and, and see how things work out as well. And I think um, it's just a case of experimenting and experiencing, and if you can try to just keep those three categories in mind and kind of think about well, what's the purpose of the nuts in this recipe? It can be really helpful. I think in terms of, of substitutions in general, it's something that you'll kind of realize, and I, I can even think about this in the case of a green smoothie. When I first went raw, I had um, the very first book that I had, which is a great book, and I totally recommend it. It's called uncooking with raw rose and it's a really good basic book and if you're really just introducing yourself to raw maybe even in this podcast it can be a really good start but anyway my point was that when I first started cooking with my food processor and my blender I did not know anything and I religiously followed recipes Fast forward two and a half years later, and I must have probably made hundreds of smoothies now, and I don't use recipes anymore because now, because I, just not because I'm smart or not because I even tried to pay attention at all, um, but now I just know that having made, you know, 200 smoothies, or probably actually way more than that, I would think, I know that a smoothie needs a certain amount of liquid, a certain amount or ratio of fruit, and a certain ratio of vegetables. That, that's what makes up a green smoothie. So if I take out strawberries and I put in cherries instead, um, you know, 
that ratio is going to be fine. And it's the same thing with nuts and seeds. Um, so it's, it's really not something you need to worry about today. And I hope that if this is new, you're not feeling overwhelmed because it's not even something that you really need to consider. But it can be useful when you're just starting to navigate the water, waters of starting to make substitutions that, you know, there are certain nuts that are more easily substituted for other nuts. I hope that you found this very specific nut episode helpful. I think that I probably did go into quite a lot of detail and that was probably a lot to absorb if you were driving or trying to do multiple things at once. What I will do is write those, just those groups down uh, on the show notes. So if you go to therawtarian.com slash podcasts, and then make sure you're just looking at episode five, then you'll see the groups of nuts in there. I'll write it down so you don't have to try to fill your brain too much with that information. Again, I think the first thing to really do um, in short sequence is if you're interested in raw foods and haven't started yet, pick yourself up a food processor if you don't have one. And then secondly, if you're really into raw and you're loving it and you're excited, which you must be if you're listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor. If you can't afford it, get a high-speed blender. Um, so this, all this nut stuff is like really specific. And if, if you're just getting started with raw, don't worry too much about that. I, I think that um, one of the key pieces to success in any aspect of your life, be it health or your career or any kind of goal that you do have, is it's great to um, you know absorb as much as you can. But I love this concept of just-in-time learning, which basically means that you are going to learn and absorb material that's the right material for you at the exact moment. So that's kind of what I'm leading into this, I guess, is because that if you're listening to this and feeling like, oh my gosh, I can never figure out all this nut stuff, I'm never even going to bother trying a raw food recipe, that's probably because you're not really maybe feeding yourself with the right information that you need at the right time. And I think that's why I'm adding this little piece at the end that if you're just starting, don't even worry about this. It's all incremental kind of learning and you learn it as you go. And by all means, you can listen and I love for you to listen, but I just want you to feel like you don't need to feel overwhelmed um, because, you know, I'm trying to keep things simple and um, it doesn't have to be complicated. So. This is kind of a funny episode, but I hope you enjoyed it and I will certainly share it with you um, because I really enjoyed recording it and I do think there's some valuable information and I hope you found it useful. You have been listening to The Raw Food Podcast with your host, The Raw Tarian. Be sure to visit me at therawtarian.com where you can browse over 100 of my absolute favorite simple, satisfying, raw recipes that you'll find quick to make and that contain only a few ingredients and of course they taste spectacular. While you're there, be sure to sign up for my e-newsletter and once you've signed up for that, you'll get a PDF copy of 11 of my most favorite, most satisfying and most delicious recipes including raw vegan alfredo sauce, raw brownies, and whole 
host of other delicious recipes that you can make at home that are raw and taste amazing. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope to hear from you very soon. And until next time, enjoy your raw adventure.